Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, adventures, and ghosts. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this bonus episode, we are once again going to share some scaredy stories. Number four, guys. We excited? No. Yeah! We're excited! I hate this. Sean, um... Damo has been taunting for some time <laughs> yes. that he has not just a bunch of scary stories, but a treat for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As the man who came up with this premise for this podcast, I don't want any treats that that boy is giving me. <laughs> no, I don't want any either. I feel like this is payback for when we were watching um, Hill House and episode eight, the biggest jump scare of all time happened. Mm-hmm. And we kind of, we we didn't deliberately dog Damo, but just by talking about it and hyping it up, we nearly killed him. You did. This feels like payback. As well as, I think... The Woman in Black. Woman in Black and The Orphanage. Oh, The Orphanage, yeah. But that was Tom. He's a dog. No, but see, I don't think I was a huge dog Mm. in Orphanage. Pretty big. Woman in Black, I will absolutely hand on heart say that I'm sorry. Woman in Black, (laughs) I was an accidental dog because I'd forgotten everything about the movie. Mm. Now you never will. Oh, wait. Orphanage. You were a dog in Orphanage, Sean. Me? You're like, come close, sit next to me, buddy. I'll look after you. And then I got no comfort. I don't. From I don't recall that. Re-listen to the episode, son. <laughs> the reason it's I don't think I was a dog in the orphanage, and I don't think you can be a dog in the orphanage because I think the way that movie ends is hopeful, whereas the woman in black is just a kick Oof. in the pants. You can be a dog in the orphanage. The hopeful ending does not matter. It's still scary up until then, isn't it? Yeah, it's scary. In what ninety eight? I mean, even that. Even the hopeful ending is still kind of scary in its own way. Mm. It's like you need to sit with it a bit for you to go, okay, yeah, I guess it was it was pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah look. Anyway, look, well deserved. Uh, I've got a lovely treat and you're welcome is all I've got to Let's say. Let's start with it then, will we, yeah? No, we'll say uh, <laughs> I reckon, Sean, I don't know about you. I'm not going to focus on any story. I also think about 30 minutes in, my internet might cut out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll uh, I'll have to send it to you then. Oh, oh, no. oh, get a message from Dave. I'd be like, "Do I open it? Do I not open it? I'll just never Do hear I from buy me a again." New phone and move? <laughs> just move away and never be heard from again. Just go live in the woods. Yep. That's your dream, Sean. It is my right. dream. This could work. All right, I'm glad. I <laughs> Far away, that. switching off my <laughs> headphones. <laughs> All right, let's do this. So our first story comes from a friend of ours, and that's Cat from the TGIF podcast, who um, featured on our Sons of the Lambs episode. Cat, how dare you do this? Very to rude. Us. Why? <laughs> Thought you were a friend. Thought we could trust you. So yeah, so she sends this lovely story, and Cat starts by telling us that when she was in her early twenties and she started dating a guy. Who was haunted? Oh, ah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. So this oh. isn't a haunted house. This isn't a haunted location. This is a haunted, haunted boyfriend. person. Boyfriend. That's it. Jesus. So right. now she says he apparently gained this ghost by bringing it back from a ghost tour that he did in a haunted town, not far from where Cat lives. Oh, no. Called Picton. <laughs> so not long after this acquisition, the dad of this guy, this ex-boyfriend, went and saw a psychic. Uh, one of the more renowned psychics in Australia, Deb Malone. Um, And during this reading, Deb told the dad that he needs to tell his son that he has to take the ghost, who she said was female, back where she came from. And so Kat says there were some pretty sinister things happening at their home already at this point. 
the ghost had been seen sort of hanging out in the shadows of the house and her ex uh, had been experiencing some pretty horrible night terrors. Did you say the psychic's name was Deb Malone? Deb. Deb oh, Malone. Deb. Deb. Yeah. Dead's better. Yeah, dead Malone. Dead's, I mean, maybe just give her a buzz and be like, hey, got yep. some PR advice for you. Yep. So Kat says when they first started dating, he was still living at his parents' house and she would spend a lot of time over there. So she worked nearby and she'd come home pretty late at night and would often shower in the bathroom downstairs after a shift. She said from this bathroom, she could often hear the voices of conversation happening throughout the house. And so one night she's in the shower. She hears this rumbling of voices. She thinks nothing of it. Until she realised it's two in the morning and that everyone else is, of course, asleep. Mm. Cat, stay in the shower. So uh. another night, while she's uh, sleeping at this house, she wakes up to see a dark, cloaked figure standing in the corner of the room. She says she's not sure if she was awake or dreaming, but she blinked a bunch only to realise, oh no, I'm definitely and terrifyingly awake. And so this cloaked figure started coming towards her and stopped right beside the bed. The figure then raised its arms, revealing a blade which are then brought down on Kat's neck. Jesus. Jesus Christ. Yeah. No. She says she doesn't know what happened next, but as obviously we know she's alive, I'm going to suss out it had no effect. Like it must have been a ghost Well, well, hang on. We assume Kat's alive. We assume she hasn't also become haunted. Okay. Don't say Kat's a ghost now. (laughs) Do we podcast with a ghost? Oh, shit. can you let us know, are you a ghost? Yeah. (laughs) Just, uh... (laughs) So she kept dating this guy for years, which given Crazy. he's haunted, may not have been the right call. Uh, but either way, about a year and a half into the relationship, her ex moved down to Wollongong. And she says he had a roommate at this new place uh, who one night told him he had seen a small girl standing outside the bathroom door. And so he gave a description of the girl to Kat's ex, who replied, oh yeah, that's the girl who brings me flowers in my dreams. What the uh, fuck? Why hasn't he actively gotten rid of this at this point? You've been told by a psychic you've got to take it back. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad it's an ex. So he had, <laughs> sorry, I must have missed that. He had the option to take it back. Yeah. Yeah, the psychic told him the solution, but too busy, I guess. I don't know. What a fucking dipshit. He's invited this ghost <laughs> in near him, I reckon. Yeah, oh. he's. maybe he's like, you know how you have to do those like... Uh, if you go to a new workplace or you're doing a fucking day or whatever and you've got to say three interesting things about yourself, maybe he's like, well, I better keep it because it's one of those interesting... It just crosses one of them off the list. <laughs> Two truths and a lie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my favourite yeah. colour is red. I don't like <laughs> spicy food and I'm haunted. <laughs> I've got a... There's a girl who gives me flowers in my dreams. Yeah, and sometimes oh. my housemate sees her just standing outside the bathroom. Oh, <sighs> that's, that's the worst. Yeah. So... The next incident takes place when they're all at the local pub for trivia. So Kat, her ex, and his roommate. Now, the roommate's girlfriend wasn't feeling too well and so had stayed at the house. Except halfway through the trivia, she called in hysterics, saying that someone had been in the house. That she'd heard them stomping through the living room and then heard the front door slam. So eventually, Kat's ex moves back to Sydney and begins to live with a friend in an apartment block. And Kat says that typically on a Friday night, they'd go have a few drinks, cook dinner, and watch some movies together. So on this Friday night, she brought a nice bottle of red, put it on top of the fridge, just sort of where that's where she was leaving it. She said she'd actually been careful to place it in the centre so it wouldn't fall. Obviously, she's bought this nice bottle, doesn't want to ruin it. Except as they're watching their mo- the movie, they hear this loud smash. And not only had the wine fallen, it had done so on the opposite side of the kitchen to where the fridge was, where she placed it. What the fuck? Oh, that's bad. Again, again, he can fix this. Yeah. I, again, I understand why he's ex-boyfriend. Yeah, I'm starting to be like, well, this is where Kat needs to be like, I can do, I can find a guy who's not haunted. <laughs> I can find a guy who's not haunted, or if he is haunted, he's actively trying not to. <laughs> Men, do better. Fucking Come hell. On. Buy a bed frame and stop being willingly haunted, you fucks. <laughs> so this relationship did obviously end. Thank God. But a few months before that, they'd gone back to Picton, planning to return the ghost from where it had come from. Very good. So they're staying in a motel, and during the night, Kat wakes up to a crushing weight on her chest. Jesus. And they'd actually left a recorder going through the night. Because the occurrences, yeah. And Kat says you can hear her gasping for air and trying to call out for help. And she says you can chalk this up to sleep paralysis, but she also says that since breaking up with him, nothing has tormented her to any degree again. Mm. Now, she actually Ah. finishes finishes by saying that they broke up 
before, not long before this sort of last event. And so she doesn't actually know if the plan worked and she doesn't really know if he's still haunted. Uh, anyone in in Australia, yeah. um, <laughs> if you're on Tinder and you think you see a guy on Tinder or mm. Bumble or Hinge, I know the apps, um, <laughs> if you see in the background of his profile picture something that might look like a small girl holding flowers, mm-hmm. swipe away on that boy. Yeah, that's Get him a, out of there. That's a no No swipe. dates. For that guy. That's to willingly just keep that ghost with you. Mm. Oh. So, wait. So, did Kat say they went to get rid of it? Mm. So, well, they'd gone back to Picton and the thought was like, oh, why we're here, we should probably get rid of that ghost that's been haunting you for the last few years. So, then, so when she woke up with the crushing weight on her chest, they must have then gone, oh, let's get the fuck out of here. Uh, So, they didn't go ahead with it? I think, I think basically they they were back in Picton, but like they broke up before. It either happened or it happened. I was actually a bit unsure, but yeah. basically, yeah, she's not sure if it worked or not. Mm. So I guess they've tried at some point, but yeah, perhaps after. My that. guess is no. I think he's, <laughs> I think he's still got it. Yeah. He wants it. He does. I think, yeah, you don't carry it. Like, he's yeah. moved to, what, three different locations in that mm. story. He wants those flowers. You yeah. should you should have to declare if you're haunted when you're moving in with, like, <laughs> friends. Yeah. Again, that should be... That's a big dating red flag. Mm, haunted? Right. Oh, no, thanks. That You're, you're absolutely that right. That should be on rental documents as well, I think. <laughs> yeah. If we want to know if a house is haunted, you've got to say if you're bringing the haunting to the house. Mm, yeah. That's a good point. There's a ghost who lives in my dreams and brings me flowers. She looks like a Victorian era child. That's uh. information I want to know. I like This is going to sound like maybe prejudiced, I guess, against the haunted. I would actually love it if they had like a little pin or something, just so I could be like, mm, I'm going to walk on the other side of the street. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I, get how, yeah. I get how loaded that sounds. I understand. <laughs> But I hate ghosts. I don't like it. I'm with you, mate. <laughs> I think it. I think it also depends on like if you've if you've been given. So if you're haunted and you don't know, mm. all right, cool. If you're haunted and you don't know how to get rid of it and you've tried to seek help, point. And you're just trying to live with it. Yep. Get it. If you are haunted and you've either done it willingly or you know how to get rid of mm. it and you haven't acted upon that, yeah, that's on you. Dad's yep. gone off to find the solution, so he hasn't even looked for a solution. Dad's gone out to yep. take care of it. Come back with a solution. I've Googled Deb. She's real. Okay. <laughs> Legit. Yeah. There you go. I didn't doubt it. No. If you can do something about it, but you choose to keep the ghost, go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> go to ghost jail. They need to make a special jail. Get that law passed. That's our next goal for Scary yeah. Boys. But yeah. then imagine if, imagine the guards that have to work at that jail. Ooh. It'd be the worst job in the world. Terrible. All right, we want another story? Not really, nah. to be okay, honest. Great. Here we go. Here asking. we go. Uh, so this next story comes from... Uh, another friend, a friend of mine. Sorry, boys. I'm, I have more friends than you. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's not wrong. I have two and they're both in this podcast. So, <laughs> uh, so this story comes from a friend of mine, Timmy, and he calls it the Foster House. <sighs> yeah, I don't like when they name it, to be honest. Timmy, <sighs> if you're listening, you're a bad boy. That's uh, no good. Mm. So when Timmy was around six or seven, his family, which included his parents, himself, and his two sisters, one who was a year older than him, uh, and the other who was a newborn at the time, went on a holiday and stayed in this old house out in Foster in rural Victoria. So Timmy says his parents don't remember exactly where the house was. And as this was pre-internet, uh, there's no real easy way to find out as there are no old emails, there's no text messages or anything like that to look back on. Timmy also says that he did ask his mum to see if she could find the address, but that she had no luck but that he also doesn't think she tried very hard as he reckons she'd feel safer not knowing where the house is and so there's no possibility of them ever actually going back. Uh, That's wild that you wouldn't remember where it is. Like, Foster's not big. Mm. She remembers. Yeah, oh. she must know. Like, for Timmy, I get it. He was six or seven. Yeah, you know, that's like... De- yeah. Depending on what we're about to find out about this house, she remembers. She knows, yeah. So, all they know is what they do remember, which was... There was an old house out in the woods alone somewhere in Foster. Timmy says if you'd never seen a horror movie, you'd think it was lovely. And that as a kid, that is exactly what he thought. It had like this big overgrown garden, vines climbing up the walls, just a very quiet, peaceful house in the woods. So not sinister, quite pleasant. Yep. Inside it was all old furniture, grandfather clocks, dark brick. A little moody, he says, but super cool, or so he thought. He also says that it all seemed normal except for one old locked door located downstairs. No! Yeah. Oh. That's fucked. Yeah, it's not just, good. Nah. It's not good. I, I don't, what, what are we doing? What am I doing? Why don't I just pick up Google Maps <laughs> and type in Foster 
and do satellite view okay. and try and find a house. That blows my mind. If Timmy's mum is smart enough to be like, oh, I don't remember, why would we try to find it? That's insane, Sean. Because Sean That's, had 30 uh, seconds yeah. of bravery yeah. and wants to take ah. The clock ticked out 30 seconds and now he's growling. <sighs> so oh, fuck. none of the keys they had obviously fit the lock and as it wasn't their house, they just left it alone. So Timmy says he's not sure why, but he remembers sleeping in the lounge room downstairs, which was next to the door. It wasn't a red door, was it? <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't say the colour. I'm hoping not. Uh, so he imagines that the reason was because he didn't want to share a room with his older sister, but he also says that he wishes he had because the lounge room was super creepy at night. It was big and open and heaps of moonlight came in, creating an equal amount of shadows in the room. So you can imagine for a kid of that age... Very spooky. Yeah, fuck. Uh, Sean, why have I also started Google? I'm close to Google. <laughs> Tom, why do I want to live in the woods? That's a bad idea. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna look in that I'm gonna look on Google Maps again. I just know I am. <laughs> Did he give any more details? Was it like were there any houses nearby? Was it on its own? That uh, sort of there's thing? a few extra little details that have come through. Be, I'll okay, need you'll them. have to keep listening. I'm building a case. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> you do like you wanting to live in the woods. The worst stories we've had have come from people because, like, the Blue Mountain story. I think in our first Sketty stories. Yeah. So Timmy says he remembers being spooked, but but something that he doesn't remember until his parents recently told him about it was that there was a light on on the other side of the locked door. What the fuck? I've got nothing. Yeah, I have to agree with yeah. you. Yeah. <sighs> Why? How are people alive? <laughs> so. Timmy also says that going to sleep that first night, he swears he heard something on the other side of the door. He woke up, thought it must have come from a dream, and went back to sleep. And then he says the next night would be worse. Timmy! So the following day, his family explored the woods, and Timmy says he can remember this part vividly. Uh, So he says he remembers out amongst the trees, there was this old work shed about the size of a barn. He says it was strange because there was no path leading to it, and the only way you could find it was if you stumbled upon it the way that they had, or if you knew it was there. And he says it gets worse because inside it was full of tools and old knives and rusted saws and a couple of mattresses. So someone, at some point, had stayed there. So Timmy says that night he couldn't go to sleep. There were more noises from the locked room. He says he thinks he even heard the door creak open at one point, but was too afraid to look. Smart. Yeah. So you got to remember, he's like seven or eight at this point. Oh, yeah. my God. So at one point, he had enough. He got his older sister and they went to their parents' room as they were putting his baby sister to sleep. So he and his older sister cried and told them they wanted to leave. But his parents said it would be fine. Until at 2 a.m. that morning, his mum woke up feeling sick to her stomach, sure that something bad was about to happen. He says she didn't investigate or check the house. She just grabbed her family, got them all in the car, and drove the fuck out of there without looking back. Wow. Fuck me. Yeah. Bravo. Act wisely or foolishly. I love it. Fucking thank you for being wise. Timmy, your mum's a goddamn hero. End of story? Uh, A little bit more. A little bit more. Basically the end of the scary part, yeah. Wow. That's... Whoa. That takes takes courage. She's woken up and gone, this is fucked. We need to leave. Something about... I love that because... Oh my god! That- she just trusted her gut, and he's like, "No, nope, I'm not going to quit. We're yeah, we're gone. We're out." The amount of stories that are—that's all right. We'll leave in the morning, and then you're dead. Or I better go investigate. No, go. Don't investigating's a bad idea. Bad. What? Wonder where they went. Don't know. <laughs> they just drove till they ran out of petrol. <laughs> oh, fuck it <laughs> out. Ended up in the fucking pillager. <laughs> so did they live in Melbourne? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. That's a drive. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. Like, Foster's near, like, sort of out the way to Wilson's prom. Hmm. So, Timmy says he doesn't think his mum remembers what the feeling was exactly. She just knew she had to get out. No, she remembers. She just doesn't want to talk (laughs) about it. Hand on heart, she knows where the house is. She remembers the feeling, and she is hill housing. Mm. Sean, are you Googling shit? I have to. (laughs) Oh, you dumb fucking man. You you can't get angry at me now. This is you doing this. This is oh fucking Davo, give it a blah blah blah. I'm look, look at I'm, I'm scared, but I'm fascinated. It's a gift and a curse. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I think you've pretty much just described the experience of of horror: scared but fascinated. Yeah. All right. Foster's a lot bigger than I had anticipated. Okay. It's not that much bigger. Mm. Okay. I'll have a look later. I feel. Uh, yeah. I wonder if I can do it. Okay. I, think I can find it. Okay. Okay. I love a challenge. So Timmy finishes by saying uh, that there's a lot that he personally doesn't remember be- about it. He doesn't remember leaving. He doesn't actually remember what happened just before they did or how scared his parents must have been. Yeah, it's in the egg, mate. 
It's all in the it's all his little seven year old egg. Yeah, um, he does. He says he does think about that house pretty often, and he goes on to say that he's not really superstitious as much as he would like to believe in ghosts or haunting. He's a big horror fan, but there were, he says there was absolutely something in that house. He says it could have just been some animals or something that had found their way into that room, or that's where he doesn't like to follow that train of thought much further and think about what else might have been in there creeping out in the night to watch them sleep. That's how he says it. So he says, well, nothing happened to his family. He does have the feeling that if they didn't flee as they did, that they might never have left. Wow. Which is also why he's reasonably sure his parents simply feel better not knowing where the house is and are happy to just leave it as a bad memory. Which, yeah, yeah, smart. That's awful. Why do we keep, everything's awful. It's not great. Yeah, it's not good. I, I will admit, there's like, sometimes someone will tell you a scary story and you're like, oh, there's logical explanations. Mm. Hand on heart, there are so few logical explanations for any of the shit that people email us. Yeah. It's the worst. Well, yeah, so for this one, so Timmy, uh, he's like, oh, he, he listens to the podcast and he's like, oh, I've got a story I've got to send you. I'm like, yeah, man, yeah, send it through, whatever. So I get a text message, like he listed this whole thing out, a big text message. I remember just being at home and it was at night when I got the text message and I started reading it and then I just felt sick. I was like, oh, I don't know why I'm reading this right now. This is awful. It's too close. Yes. That's someone that you that you know. Yeah. In, like a, that's- in a location that's in our state, like- when they're in the UK, cool. UK's haunted. I know that. That's just a yeah. fact. Even Sydney. There was that one from Sydney, the school one. Yes. Don't yeah. care. Other Do state, care, but, yeah, you know, right. I can, I'm far enough away. I'm locked in my house anyway. What's the, what's the worry? Foster. Foster. I, I've been there. Yeah. Oh, in fact, I think my school did camps in Foster at one Ooh. point. Oh, God. But I remember I've definitely been there on the way through because we used to go to Wilson's Prom all the time. Mm. Bloody Foster. Yeah. Shit. This is no good. So our next story comes from Tom in the UK. So we're back on solid ground. <sighs> uh, so Tom says that he's also a scary boy, and he unfortunately has also named this story. He calls it the Black Monk. No. So <laughs> Tom starts by saying that he comes from a family of non-believers, which he also says is a bit odd due to almost all his relatives have at least had one paranormal or unexplainable experience. Oh, he says that Jesus. he is the one believer in the family and growing up he would ask for these stories to be told over and over again because he was fascinated by them to the point that he could recite them from memory. And he says there were plenty from his great aunt's man on the stairs story to his old nan's haunted slippers to the ghostly black dog his auntie saw to the great lady in the old military hospital seen by his gran or the poltergeist his parents experienced in their first house when they were painting over an old nursery. No. No. Yeah. No. Shut oh. the shut the inbox down. Okay, we're closing it. Cancel this podcast. <laughs> it's been a good two years, boys. Yeah. <laughs> There's just too much coming at you. Then I pack it up. Oh, done. But the experience he's telling us about today is one of his own, the Black Monk of Titchfield Abbey, and he says it was experienced by him, his dad, and his mum. So Tom grew up in a large village in the south of England, and on the edge of the village, near where his parents' house is, there is a ruined abbey. He says this old abbey, the monks and the nuns, long since gone, it's in ruin after being torn down in the 1500s, and it was partially converted into a mansion in the 1700s, which has since been abandoned. So as you would expect, it's always had a pretty spooky energy around it, especially around dusk and at night time. And as a child, Tom says he was especially scared of the gated off areas which led into the towers and the network of tunnels below, because as a kid, that's where he's told the ghosts live. So Tom's experience started when he and his dad were taking their old dog, Monty, out for his evening walk in the Abbey grounds. Tom says Monty was a handful. He wasn't scared of anything and could be quite aggressive. So much so that they actually had to give him away after he unprovoked bit Tom's younger sister. So Monty would regularly go up against dogs three times his size and growl back when German shepherds would stand their ground. But when they were taking Monty for this walk and they passed the side entrance to the Abbey proper, Monty became terrified. Tom says his hackles stood as he stared into the middle distance, then he put his tail so far between his legs that it poked out from under his chin as he started whimpering. Jesus. Then with his tail still between his legs, he bolted. They had to chase him and caught up with him, cowering at the entrance to the abbey. And Tom says they put his lead back on. Tom's dad even went back and checked to see what had spooked him, but there was nothing that stood out and no one else around. They'd been alone. So that was encounter number one. Encounter two, Tom says, was the scariest and happened to his mum. So Tom's mum, poor woman, used to work nights at a big 24-hour retailer and the quickest route to her work was the road that passed the Abbey. And it was on one of these drives late at night that she saw a cloaked figure standing at the Abbey's entrance. So later Tom says she would identify it as a typical monk's garb, except black, and that at the time the figure's face was covered in darkness. So 
After she'd driven past, she looked in the rearview mirror to have another look at what she'd seen, but instead saw it sitting in the backseat of her car. No! What the fuck? No, Damo! Yeah, that was pretty much my reaction too. I thought it was going to be like, but it was gone. Yeah. That is 1,000 times worse. That's some Flanagan shit, mate. I know. So he says she screamed, whipped her head around, and then it was gone. How did she not crash? I would crash the car. Yeah. On purpose. Yeah, just yeah, to, I would, yeah. to, to kill myself, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Thomas's experience shook her, obviously, uh, so much so that she refuses to this day, years later, to drive past the Abbey alone at night. She just refuses to. Clever. Yeah. So the third and final encounter took place when Tom worked at the pub across the road from the Abbey in the summer after he graduated university. So Tom says the head chef and he had to stay late one night to do a deep clean as they had inspection the next day and that they'd done the clean and were having a beer outside before locking up when suddenly all the pub's lights turned on and music started blaring from inside the pub. And he says it was much louder than they would ever play it. He says once the shock had worn off and they carefully had gone through the pub, turned off all the music, turned off all the lights, the head chef told Tom that he'd often seen weird things in the abbey late at night. Floating lights, standing figures, that kind of thing. And that sometimes when he was in the kitchen alone, he'd see small figures dart out of view, which he believed were children that had drowned in the river at the back years ago. Ugh. Yeah, big No. What the f- Ugh. So Tom says that he's since moved cities uh, to a much much less spooky area where the only spooky things on his road are an abandoned mental asylum and an orphanage. What the fuck, Tom? (laughs) Boys, I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. Nuke England. (laughs) It's done. It's had its day. It's had too many days. Look how haunted it is. Oh, yeah. It's fucked. They did so much colonizing. Let's just blow them up. Yeah. (laughs) You're done, fellas. Uh, Keep your ghosts. You're done. Sorry. Too many ghosts. Just... Oh, it's fucked. There needs to be a like government grant type system mm. for if you are living at a haunting or near a haunting, right. And want to get and want to get out, but can't because of you know financial stuff. Right, right, right. You need to be given money to get out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, it's the same as our if someone's haunted, they should be locked up rule. The government probably yeah. also needs to uh, step in here, take care of yeah. some business. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Mm-hmm. So, next one comes from Chris, who thanks us for the podcast. He says he looks forward to it every Friday. He also says that other than a brief dalliance with horror movies during his teenage years, he's definitely been a scaredy boy for, the, for a long time. 
Although, however, listening to our podcast has made him re-examine that a little bit. And now he's slowly starting to watch a few more horror movies after us three gents have bravely gone before him. His words. Legend. Yeah. Good man. I meant us, but him too. <laughs> no, always us. Yeah. He does say, as long as watching movies on a phone with headphones on in the middle of the day while cooking counts. Oh, 100% of it, <laughs> it absolutely that does. Is great. It absolutely does. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the nice part of Chris's email, because now he has a couple of stories to share with us, one of his own and one from a good friend of his. Oh, that'll do. That'll oh, do. we'll stop there? Yep. Okay. Yeah. 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 Is this the treat, Damo? <laughs> no, this is not a treat. Oh! So we'll start with his. So Chris's parents moved into a large country house in New Zealand after he'd left home. The house itself was built in the early 50s, and they actually run a small business and shop from the large basement slash ground floor level of the house. So Chris says there are a couple of distinctly spooky areas throughout the house. The first is a narrow cellar that runs the width of the house that abuts the shop area in the basement level. He says it's poorly lit, it has this earthen bank on one side and a brick wall on the other, and Chris's parents use it as a storage area. And Chris said that he has never made it to the far end of the cellar because halfway down his skin is crawling and he has no interest in seeing what might be down there. Mm-hmm. And the second area is one of the upstairs bedrooms. Chris says you couldn't pay him enough money to sleep in that particular room again as he gets a massive sense of dread and a physiological reaction as soon as he crosses the threshold into it. Even in the middle of the day, he says there's this physical reaction when he goes in that room. See, that is crazy. Tom, you've experienced that a little bit when you're at that asylum. Yep. With that pink room, yeah? Yeah, you just... Like, it's so stupid because how, Mm. you know, for one. But it's like, no, it just feels wrong like it's just it's it's literally the best way to describe it is that excellent email we got on i think one of our first scaredy stories mm. the guy who was the deep the diver yes yeah, yeah he yeah, was yeah. like yeah. when you when you when there's a predator it's that part of your yeah. body that's like predator yeah yeah that's what it is it's not it's just it's that part of your brain that kept you safe from saber-toothed tigers kicking right. in being like hey you're gonna die yeah some get no more yeah, your lizard brain just kind of giving you some alarm bells to be like, you need to be ready to fight or flight, son, because uh, yeah. it's, it's happening. Something's coming. Yeah. Damo, does he say what part of New Zealand this is? Uh, no, he does not. Mm. Yeah. That's oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> we love New Zealand, yeah. It's too close. <laughs> so he says for this room, he says the, the room's on either side of it, completely fine. It's just that one. Uh, and his mum is convinced the house had a few trapped spirits in it and he basically yeah, tends to agree. So- on Chris's mum. So that isn't even his story. His story actually starts with her because several years ago, she took a trip to Scotland, which is where she was born, and visited a ruined castle that bears her maiden name. So Chris says it's a small two-story castle on a hill just outside Peebles in the Scottish borders, and that it dates back to the 13th century. He also says it's not particularly notable for any major battles or anything like that, but there were plenty of skirmishes and changes of ownership during the Scottish rebellions. So while on this visit, his mum picked up a small rock from the walls of the castle, just as like a little memento of her visit. So she didn't kick over the stones, but she definitely picked one up. She took them home. She returns home, unpacks her bag, and puts the rock downstairs in her office. What are you doing? Yeah. I get Chris's it. mum. I get the logic behind it. I get sure. The, I, I do too. My, my, I, my home close to me. Mm, Check yeah. for ghosts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Excuse me, little rock. Uh, any ghosts attached to you? Because You don't bring nuclear waste <laughs> just in your house because it's near where you grew up. <laughs> so a few days later on a Sunday evening when the shop is shut and locked, Chris's parents are in separate areas of the house when they both hear a tremendously high-pitched scream echo through the house. So naturally they both went looking for each other to see if the sound had come from either of them with the mutual answer being no. So Chris's mum asked a medium to come to the house. And the medium told her that something had hitched a ride on the rock from Scotland and that whatever was now residing in the house was not happy to be there. And so the medium ended up forcibly evicting it. So, well, hang on. So the medium, did they mention the rock? Or did the medium just hone in on that? And know that it was from Scotland. I because if that those are the details I want to know. Yeah, she licked the rock. It tasted like bagpipes, and she was like, <laughs> "It's this." No, but like, imagine the power yeah. if a medium walked in and went, "Hmm, that rock's from Scotland, rock's and sus. it's fucked." Yeah, yeah. Whereas I, I'm assuming Chris's mum was like, "Ah, oh, I don't know what could have like." The only recent thing is that I went home to Scotland and I brought this rock back with right. me. Yeah, I assume the latter. Uh, Chris doesn't say in the email, but I would assume. Imagine if it was the former, though, boys. It was the former. Powerful. It'll blow my head clean yeah, off. Yeah. That medium, that's some real... What's the one we heard of before? 
Dead, dead Malone. Yeah, dead dead Malone, yeah. <laughs> Would that be post-mortem Malone? <laughs> <laughs> that's very good. Yeah. So basically, yeah, this medium, I guess, did an exorcism of sorts, and that's it. That's the end oh. of the first story for Chris. Jeez. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. I wonder if it worked. Well, I assume I think that's what he's saying. Yeah, that it's like they haven't had any issues since. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, don't want to trouble you, but I'd love a follow-up email just with a couple more details. Particularly about the medium. I want to know what went down there. Yeah. Um, and hopefully the exorcism worked. I sh- you're right. I assume it did. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, his next story comes from a friend in England who lived in the northeast near Grimsby. So, we're going to call him Tom. <laughs> so, Tom and his wife. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, Tom and his wife brought an old 17th century carriage house and a little village to renovate and then sell. It had exposed oak beams, low ceilings and doorways, the lot. Gorgeous. And Chris says, if you are now thinking this sounds a lot like the premise of Haunting of Hill House, then you are not wrong. Oh, no. He says the house was in a reasonable state of disrepair when they arrived and that they really had their work cut out for them. So they got to work renovating and updating the house. And he says, now during this time, they would get visitors from the Big Smoke, none of whom chose to spend the night in the house, even if they'd been planning to. Chris says some of them would get taxis home rather than stay. And then there was the picture. So the picture came from Tom and his wife, and it was one that they'd brought with them. It was of a horse, and they hung it on the stairwell. Or at least they tried to. It started small. Tom would come down the stairs in the morning and find the picture crooked, and so would straighten it as he passed. Then it got worse, and Tom and his wife would find the picture on the floor. Tom would pick it up, rehang it, only to find it on the floor again the next day. Finally, Tom got the shits and nailed the picture to the wall. Oh. And the next morning, they found it behind the heater, torn up. That's fucked. It's not good. It's not good, that's for sure, yeah. Again, this is like the, the guy in the back seat. It's gone from, it kept falling off and I figured, oh, it fell off again even though we nailed it. Mm. But for it to just jump from that to, no, it's in pieces behind a heater. Mm. you got to imagine the thought process of the ghost, though. They're like, I don't know if they're understanding what I'm doing here. I've got to go for broke. <laughs> yeah, or, or it's just like, I don't like their interior decorating. <laughs> a horse? Who are we? I fucking hate horses. Oh, I was very clear. <laughs> So uh, Chris says the final straw for the two of them came when the house was near to completion. So Tom and his wife were in the kitchen when something fell and smashed the floor. So Tom got the brush and pan, swept up the mess and then placed uh, placed the pan on the bench between him and his wife. And they were sort of discussing just all the crazy weird stuff that had been happening and how quickly they could get the house onto market when the brush and pan slid across the bench, clattered against the wall and fell to the ground. So he says after that they got a... They got it quickly finished and sold it for a tiny, tidy profit. Oh, lucky. And Chris says, yeah. And Chris says that apparently the house is regularly on the market with no one holding onto it for very long. Should have set it on fire. Yeah. I think so. I say, yeah. Chris, your friends, dogs. Yeah. Dogs. <laughs> this is, again, ghost prison. I tell you what, we're coming hard and fast for people who are fucking up other people's houses right. and hauntings. You got to question someone who'll flip a haunted house mm. knowing that it's haunted. I. What kind of person I could agree. do that? to the people buying it yeah. from them. Because even think of Haunting of Hill House. He didn't sell it on. He didn't destroy it for the reasons we now know that I won't spoil yeah. it for anyone. But he basically just left it so no one else could be affected by it. Yeah. That's the way to do it. That's fucked. Yeah. Is that why he called him Tom? Because he's a son of a bitch? <laughs> Oi. Oi. At least I'm not the one who's sitting there on Google Maps being like, where's this haunted house that I could drive to? Yeah, maybe I'll return to that later. I don't know yet. Sure. I don't know why you do the things that you do. I don't know either, mate. <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so I've got one more story for us, and then it's treat. Is this the treat? No, this is the story, and then it's treat o'clock. Hey, look, if we don't have time for the treat, that's fine. Oh, we can catch okay. it next yeah. time. I'm looking, uh, oh, look at the clock. No, we're looking good. We've got plenty of time. I reckon we're going to run an uh, overtime. No, no yeah. I think we're good. I think we're good. Oh, sure. Okay. 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 I, I have timed internet. It's going to run out soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this next one comes from Kenzie in New York, and she says that she's a big old scaredy boy herself who unfortunately also loves horror. So... I can't even imagine what a mess that must be. <laughs> so her story takes place when she was a young girl around six. And like what is becoming far too regular for many of our listeners, she saw a humanoid figure at the top of the stairs. <sighs> we had avoided yeah, the thanks. humanoid figure up until now in this episode. I wish we'd stayed away from it, but it's there it is. It's at the top of the stairs. However, her figure is a bit different because firstly, it wasn't interested in Kenzie, but was actually walking towards her sister's bedroom. Except Kenzie says it wasn't really walking, but floating. She says its legs were a pale pink and it was wearing a white, torn nightgown. She goes on to say as soon as she saw it, she screamed and started to cry out for her parents because she could feel in her little six-year-old soul that it was evil. Her parents, in an effort to comfort her, tried to say it was an angel, which you can imagine did not help. 
No. No. Angels are, angels are fucking terrifying. Yeah. Right? Something I have learned from watching Midnight Mass. Indeed. Yes, that was my first thoughts also. Be not afraid. All right, you collection of eyes and sound. <laughs> fucking Old Testament angels weren't like cute little cherubs with mm. wings being like, I'm here. They were fucking like triangles and shapes right. with eight hands and just spoke in a voice that sounded like a tree falling in the woods. Like, yeah, that was, cooked shit. That was something that belonged in like Lovecraft is where they yeah. should be, yeah. So... Kenzie says for weeks afterwards she felt awful whenever she went upstairs and that unfortunately at that point her sister started experiencing sleep paralysis. Oh. And more than that, when her sister was in this sleep paralysis state, she would see a figure nearby. Kenzie's sister just stopped sleeping upstairs. She just had to. And so she slept in the basement. No! Worse! But unfortunately whatever had latched onto her followed her down there too. Ah. <sighs> And she began having these vivid nightmares. Her anxiety got worse and she felt the figure was pulling her down whenever she experienced this sleep paralysis. Pulling her down where? Just like pulling to hell. her to hell. Well, no. Yeah. Sean. That's where you go, mate. What else is down? Basement two. Australia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pulling her down to Antarctica? <laughs> so after a couple of months of this, Kenzie's parents had some friends from church come and exercise the room. Oh, yeah, all right. And they tried not to tell Kenzie and her sister about it. They tried to sort of like, up until now, they've obviously been saying, no, no, it's all okay, it's all okay. And so they did this exorcism trying to still make everything okay. But she says that her parents clearly knew something malicious had taken to her sister. So Kenzie does throw in a happy little PS, which is that the former owner of the house was an old woman who passed away in the house. She also says that her parents live there still and that she basically unearthed this repressed memory so she hopes we can enjoy it. So not actually a happy little fiat. <laughs> I'm I'm assuming though after the exorcism it, yeah. it stopped. Whatever whatever the 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 Warrens. <laughs> did, I don't think so. Did. I think we just got an email from a fucking spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she look she doesn't say but I that's was my assumption. This this story had an end and that was the ending that the exorcism worked. Oh, yeah, okay. Jesus. Just the uh, the idea that the parents bought in is worse. People need to be more clear in these emails, man. I got to know that there was a happy ending. <laughs> right. I want to feel good about the world. Oh, that was good. That was um what a great episode, that was, Sean. That was, yeah. Wait, sorry. What would you say, Tom? I think that's the end of the episode. I think uh, that's all the scary talk you have time for, right? Sean, we, demo? That's what you would just, say at this point. Oh, very close your, No, your voice is uh, 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 Oh, my internet's cutting out because it's time to go to bed, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. Boys. Good fun. Good times. Boys. Good, good friends. Times. Well done. Yeah. Boys. And on that note, uh, I've been Tom. No, no, I've, no, I've no, been no, Sean. No, no, no. Yeah. Demo, bring it home. If you want to send End us an show. email, I will, I will uh, the inbox is closing down for a while. It's a little bit. <laughs> yeah, never to open again. This shows the last episode of Scaredy Boys. You <laughs> uh, we did it. Uh, we, we're brave now. We did it. Yeah, we're brave. Well done. <laughs> you know what? We don't need to hear any more scary stories. We're, we're too tough for them. Now. You can't say you're brave while trying to commit an act of cowardice. <laughs> it's the bravest oh. act of all. <laughs> so, boys, it's three o'clock. Uh, so this is what I've been holding on to for a little bit. Um, for how long? Did, um, well... Maybe you say answer, my whole life wisely. I will you. <laughs> no, maybe maybe six months. Maybe six months. What the fuck, mate? Yeah. It's been a long time covered. It's been this a long time is, covered. This is bullshit. So, you might remember way back at the start of this year, we did an episode on The Conjuring. Oh, fuck off. I'm feeling very attacked right now. And in that episode, I mentioned how I'd had a lovely trip to Geelong to visit my cousin Francis, and we'd gone to Mill Market. And at Mill Market, I'd seen a haunted doll. Do you boys remember this? You saw yes. a haunted doll. Yeah. Please don't tell me you fucking took that home or- I definitely didn't take it home. Did Francis take it home? <laughs> no, no, no. Frankie did not take it home. So in that episode, I told you that we had taken a photo of it, all that sort of stuff, and that I couldn't find the photo. But I had a number of phones that I was planning to recycle at the library. I was going to check those phones, see if I could find the photo. <sighs> I couldn't. I didn't have the charges for any of them. They're all dead. Took them to the library. They're gone. Never come back again. Thank God. If the photo was on there- it's dead. It's gone. They've been recycled. Great treat. Perfect treat. Is that a thing? You take your old phones to the library? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. What's the go with that? Just um, 
just want to go down that path for a while. What do you do? What do you <laughs> do there? You take them and then in the doorway, there's like, hey, here's a recycle thing. It's got some, you've got a spot oh, for batteries, spot cool. for phones, cool, spot cool. for chargers, this sort what of a, stuff. What a great short explanation. Oh. So anyway. The, the then, treat is Damo loves recycling. Sure. <laughs> that's a treat. <laughs> so anyway, I'd been like, all right, well, that's a, that's a bust. That's all done. Until Holly, my lovely wife, uh, got a memory on Facebook. Oh, Zuckerberg, you piece of shit. Yeah. So I have the image. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, no, you, I don't want to see it. Of the doll. Uh, I'm going to just share my screen here. You're a fucking you, dog, mate. You absolute go. dog. You low dog. Give us a oh. countdown for when it's going to come up. This is bullshit. This is like waiting for a jump all right, scare. All right. All right. 37. 36, Fuck off. <laughs> 35. <laughs> Three. Uh, Two. I quit. One. Uh, you, oh. You're a son of a bitch. Oh, no. I hate it. Does anyone want to describe what we're seeing right now? Um, Death. Yeah. What? It's the- like a ventriloquist dummy. Does okay. anyone just want to tell us her name? Her name's Geraldine. It's Geraldine. Yep. Which yep. was very Australian. <laughs> yeah. Very, um, very suburban Australia. To, at first glance, I thought her hand looked twisted at a weird angle, but it's probably mm. not, is it? Her foot uh, does. Her foot I looks think weird. The, the hand's a bit broken. It looks like a thumb's been snapped off somewhere. Yeah. She looks like an old ventriloquist doll. She's got the um that like mouth yep. with the joiny bits. Um she, Yeah, but there's a real gap. Oh, it's a weird looking mouth, to be mm. honest. She she looks haunted as fuck, basically. She's yep. pink. She's wearing a pink shirt and a tartan sort of red dress. Yeah. Stockings and blonde hair. It looks like a male doll that's been dressed up as a woman. <laughs> yeah. If I think I'm so. like it looks painted like a masculine ventriloquist yeah. dummy that yeah. they've dressed up as Geraldine. The hair to me looks like you know, like old women who, like old women who get kind of wispy hair, but then if they don't like kind of don't really wash it, it gets a bit like matted and shit. That's kind of what it looks like to me. The hair. It looks like they've collected like clippings off a barber's floor and sort of glued <laughs> them together. Yeah, that's yeah. Having said that. I don't want to be super critical if this is leading in a worse direction. I'm quite happy to say Geraldine looks fantastic. No, this is this is it. This is it. You're safe. Okay. Looks like <laughs> shit. <laughs> so Geraldine, like I said, she was at as you can kind of tell, she was in a glass case, much like you would have at uh, Museum of I Warrens. Fucking remember your story now. Yeah. 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 Um, and there was like a little sign. I don't think the sign said she was haunted, but anyone who's going to look at this doll yep. is going to make the obvious correct assumption that it's haunted. Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we sh- we snapped a photo. We obviously shared it to Facebook because that was what you did at the time. Uh, and then it's come back to haunt us years later. So how long how long ago was this? As in when Holly got the Facebook memory? No, as in like when did you go? Years ago. Years okay, Like yeah. honestly, like I think. It'd be on the memory, wouldn't it? Yeah. It would, but I don't... It'll tell you the year it was memory. posted. Yeah, I could probably find out for you, but I don't yeah. have that information. It was like a decade, maybe even up to a decade ago. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think, Tom, you said Mill Market isn't really a thing anymore. Well, it, there's two of them now, I think. Okay. And it's like different to what it used to be. And there's another one out for. I'm just going to stop sharing the... my screen. I don't yeah, know why it's still being shared. I'm so yeah. sorry. I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to look um, at it either. I was like, it's look at it. She's looking me right in the fucking... Ugh. Piss off, Geraldine. It's absolutely fucked. If I find out my dad's bought that or something. Oh, mate. I know, like, it's it might not even be Mill Market anymore. She's there somewhere as far as I'm concerned. She's probably not for sale. No. Well, yeah, I like. I mean, who's buying it anyway? Like, well, a freak. A Sean Carney with his 30 seconds of bravery. No, like, oh, I would never. never buy <laughs> not even, not even, no, nah. <laughs> boys, boys, boys. We all know the person who buys that doll. His name is Jackson. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Yes, you keep this, don't tell him. Don't tell him this episode. Oh, we have to keep him away from Maybe we shouldn't publish this episode. No. All right. We'll New put it put in the logs. Uh, He's threatening to buy so much haunted shit lately. Yeah. You know, take us on a ghost tour. We've all got an egg. The show kind of needs its own egg. Yeah. 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 This needs to go in the egg. The old egg archives. Yeah. Mm. Every episode of <sighs> Scary Stories can go in the egg, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I mean, that's where you put them in your egg, don't you, Sean? Well, yeah, true. There yeah. are. Yeah. I will say there are a few of them that have stuck with me. Mm. Can I can I say, Sean? Yep. Speaking of eggs, I heard a scary story like recently, mm-hmm. and I can't remember who from. It was really surprising where I heard it from. Yeah, it sounded fucking awful. Yes, I put it in my egg immediately. I haven't been. I cannot remember where I've heard it. I am going to do my work, and by the time we do the next scary stories, 
I will have found this scaredy story. It's okay, Tom. Hey, look, it took me months to find Geraldine, so I yeah. believe in you, Tom. Tom, did you have you always had an egg, you think? Or is it a recent development? I think of all... I don't know. I think mm. it's... All, all I know is that I heard something recently and talking about this, I'm like, oh, fuck, I heard a... And it came from a source that I was like, oh, this is... This is an interesting source of this information. Mm. Yeah. Like, it could have been a family member even, but I don't know. It could have been someone I work with. It was just, I was hearing, I just remember hearing this story and being like, why have I never heard this story before? Mm. Yeah. And it was, it was spooky as shit. Yeah. So, I'm going to need to dig. Yeah. If it's spooky enough for you to just immediately put in, like, you've, you've obviously had your experience at the asylum. You've watched some, your, your girlfriend loves watching horror movies, so you've watched some cookers. Sure does. And they didn't Still go in your egg, them. but this has gone in your egg, which does have me worried a bit. Yeah. I'm going to find out what it is, and okay. then you might never hear from me. Again. <laughs> okay, great. In that case, I will respect you. Yeah, that's yeah. better than the alternative yeah. of you yeah. sharing it with us. Yeah, but, but Damo, it's not even we won't hear about it again. It's just we'll never see Tom again. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, okay. no. He has to go to the most remote place <laughs> in the world where no one will ever be able to access his brain to get it out of there. Yeah, no, yeah. correct. Now I respect that. I, I respect go to that. Foster. <laughs> oh fuck, mate, go to the UK. Just put it with the rest of the ghosts over there. <laughs> <laughs> go to that Sydney. Go to that school and walk into the forest, mate. Into oh, the, the woods. That's. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's what I should do. Yeah. yeah. Well, on that note, that's all the scaredy story talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien. I've been Sean. And I hopefully will be Tom next time. We'll see. We'll see. But if you scaredy listeners would like to send us your scaredy stories, you can do so by emailing us at threescaredboys at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at scaredyboys or individually, I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Carney from 55. Well, I'm at Orca Trade. Stay scared, everyone. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.